0: Hi, I'm Nikolai, and this is my sister, Cassie. Hi! Welcome to our podcast. Today, we are talking about the American Revolutionary War. And today, we'll get into the good stuff battle! Wow, you're really violent for a seven year old girl. But you're right. Today, we're talking about the sot. Heard round the world. Do understand how a single gunshot could be heard all the way around the world? <laughs> it actually wasn't. It's just a play on words. Back then, the whole world was connected to England in some way. They didn't just think of the New World as their colony, they also th- thought of India as theirs, and part of Africa, and a bunch of the Caribbean islands. When they went to war, it affected their entire empire. So the whole world heard about the first shot of the Revolutionary War very fast. I can't wait to hear it! Let's go! So here we are in 1775. I brought us just in outside Boston to a place called Lexington Green. It's April 18th. Tomorrow's Grandpa's birthday! Well, yeah, in 176 years, and one day. It will be Grandpa's actual birthday. But right now, we're focused on battle, not birthdays. Okay, battles, not birthdays. Do you remember I told you Thomas Gates is the English general in Boston now? No, thanks for reminding me. Thomas Gates, go on. Well, his mission, if he chooses to accept it, and he has, is to go capture all the guns and ammunition the Patriots are keeping in the state of Concord. It's 16 miles away from Boston, and he's marching his men through the night to go capture them. Tonight! Tonight? Tonight! Tonight! Listen! Those a Melissa man rang the countryside as fast as he can to spread the news so everyone can grab their gun and defend themselves against the soldiers. What was he saying about the one land and the two seas, one if by land and two if by sea? It's a secret signal if the redcoats come on foot. Walking on the land, they will send a signal of one light to the church windows. If they're coming up the rivers by boat, they will put two lights. That way, people can know where the enemy is coming from. Smart! Hey, I see light in that church. Is it one or two? It's two! They're crossing the river to get here and then marching the rest of the way. And look around, Cassie. There are people coming from all around into this field, and they have their guns. They know the British regulars will pass this way if they're marching into Concord. We better stay low for we're going to see a battle. Good idea. Thank you for playing the drums for my son, Nikolai. That wasn't me. That was the drums of the British soldiers. Here they come! I get the idea. We can go now. Okay, let's go. So I guess Bao is cooler to imagine than to actually experience. Yeah, people actually dying out there. It's said that they died, but they were willing to give their lives for something important. Those patriots believed their lives, their rights, and their property were at stake. And nothing but war would settle it. When the sun came up, eight men had died at Lexington Green, and the British moved on toward Concord to finish their mission. But when they got there, it was so well defended that they couldn't get the supplies. They were forced to retreat. They had to walk all the way to Boston. The entire countryside was swarming with angry militiamen shooting at them. It was 16 dangerous miles. By the time they got to Boston, there were 73 dead, 174 wounded, and 26 missing. The Americans lost 49, had 49 wounded, and only 5 were missing. They surrounded Boston and trapped Gates and his army in the city. Now they can't get back out. That's great! It's great for now, but you know they're going to try again with a new plan later. This is just the beginning. So now we have a special guest on our podcast. The horror of all horrors. The one I have nightmares about. The one who can stare down anyone. My mom, Erica Lynn Zoflick. Hi. <laughs> Cease here to read us a special poem that was written by the famous poet Henry Wadsworth Longfellow many years later. It's not completely accurate. For example, Paul Revere wasn't actually on the other side of the river when the lamps were lit. And it focuses on only one writer, when actually there were lots of other writers that night, including William Dahls and hundreds of other local writers. But it's a fun poem and we add some sound effects. So we hope you enjoy it. Sure, I'll have to cut it. Whoa, whoa,
1: poopy pants, yeah, yeah. Listen, my children, and you shall hear of the midnight ride of Paul Revere. On the 18th of April in 75, hardly a man is now alive who remembers that famous day and year. He said to his friend, if the British march by land or sea from the town tonight, hang a lantern aloft in the belfry arch of the North Church Tower as a signal light, one if by land and two if by sea, and I on the opposite shore will be ready to ride and spread the alarm. To arms! Through every Middlesex village and farm for the country folk to be up and to arm. Then he said good night, good night, and with muffled oar silently rowed to the Charleston shore. Just as the moon rose over the bay where swinging wide at her moorings lay the Somerset, British man of war, a phantom ship with each mast and spar across the moon like a prison bar and a huge black hull that was magnified by its own reflection in the tide. Meanwhile his friend, through Allian street, wanders and watches with eager ears, till in the silence around him he hears the muster of men at the barrack door, the sound of arms, and the tramp of feet, and the measured tread of the grenadiers marching down their boats on the shore. Then he climbed to the tower of the church up the wooden stairs with stealthy tread, to the belfry chamber overhead, and startled the pigeons from their perch, on the the somber rafters that round him made masses and moving shapes of shade. By the trembling ladder steep and tall to the highest window in the wall where he paused to listen and look down a moment on the roofs of the town and the moonlight flowing over all. Beneath in the churchyard lay the dead in their night encampment on the hill, wrapped in silence so deep and still that he could hear, like a sentinel's tread, the watchful night wind as it went creeping along from tent to tent and seeming to whisper all is well. A moment only he feels the spell of the place and the hour and the secret dread of the lonely belfry and the dead. For suddenly all his thoughts are bent on a shadowy something far away where the river widens to meet the bay, a line of black that bends and floats on the rising tide like a bridge of boats. Meanwhile, impatient to mount and ride, booted and spurred with a heavy stride, on the opposite shore walked Paul Revere. Now gazed on the landscape far and near, then impetuous, stamped the earth and turned and tightened his saddle girth. But mostly he watched with eager search the belfry tower of the Old North Church as it rose above the graves on the hill, lonely and spectral and somber and still. And lo, as he looks on the belfry's height, a glimmer, and then a gleam of light. He springs to the saddle, the bridle he turns, but lingers and gazes, till full on his sight, a second lamp in the belfry burns. A hurry of hoofs in a village street, a shape in the moonlight, a bulk in the dark, and beneath from the pebbles and passing, a spark struck out by a steed that flies, fearless and fleet. That was all. And yet, through the gloom and the light, the fate of a nation was riding that night. And in the spark struck out by that steed, in his flight, kindled the land into flame with its heat. He has left the village and mounted the steep. And beneath him, tranquil and broad and deep, is the mystic meeting the ocean tides. And under the alders that skirt its edge, now soft on the sand, now loud on the ledge, is heard the tramp of his steed as he rides. It was twelve by the village clock when he crossed the bridge into Medford Town. He heard the crowing of the cock and the barking of the farmer's dog and felt the damp of the river fog that rises when the sun goes down. It was one by the village clock when he galloped into Lexington. He saw the gilded weathercock swim in the moonlight as he passed. And the meeting house windows, blank and bare, gaze at him with a spectral glare, as if they already stood aghast at the bloody work they would look upon. It was two by the village clock when he came to the bridge in Concord Town. He heard the bleating of the flock and the twitter of birds among the trees and felt the breath of the morning breeze blowing over the meadows brown. And one was safe and asleep in his bed, who at the bridge would be first to fall, who that day would be lying dead, pierced by a British musket ball. You know the rest. In the books you have read how the British regulars fired and fled. While the farmers gave them ball for ball from behind each fence and farmyard wall, chasing the redcoats down the lane. <laughs> then crossing the fields to emerge again under the trees at the turn of the road and only pausing to fire and load. <sighs> so through the night rode Paul Revere. And so through the night when his cry of alarm, up! Wake Wake to every metal sex, village, and farm, a cry of defiance and not of fear.
0: Arm yourselves!
1: A voice in the darkness, a knock at the door, and a word that shall echo forevermore. For born on the night wind of the past, through all our history to the last, in the hour of darkness and peril and need, the people will waken and listen to hear the hurrying hoofbeats of that steed and the midnight message of Paul Revere.
0: I hope you enjoy listening to our podcast we also want to thank grandma andy and grandpa frankie who are listening in florida grandpa and i just sat and listened to the best podcast from these two very talented kids nikolai and his sister cassie amazing just amazing it was the best history lesson we have ever had And we're glad the Care Bear was found from 149 years ago. And I was proud of how protective Nikolai was of his sister when the skirmish started. And it was interesting to hear about the acquittal. Best podcast ever. And thanks for tuning in to support two kids who are just trying to have a little fun with their history lesson.